because I'm nice and early today. I've been up a while, got my energy on and my coffee in. And as I was going through my social media fun stuff this morning, I got a note from a listener and I just want to give her a shout out. Of course, not by name per se, but I will tell you that it always touches my heart when I get the notes and the emails that folks are out there listening it means a lot. I mean, I don't do this for the validation. However, it it really does. It warms my heart when you reach out and tell me you're listening, even if we're not engaged daily. Um, it it just it just makes me feel like it's worth it. It's it's worth it for my own healing, but I'd like to know that it's worth it for you to be listening. So, thanks for being here with me today, my my special buddy that messaged me and to all my my friends out there listening um i appreciate you guys and and thank you for helping me on my journey every day our reading today is from oh god well it's from the body mind spirit book of course (laughs) but the quote comes from celeste crispus every man is the architect of his own fortune When we were drinking, gambling, or using, our loved ones grieved for us terribly. Just as our addiction damaged us, it also hurt those we love. Now that we are in recovery, we can make amends to those we've harmed, but we can't heal them. This they must do on their own, in their own time. We are not responsible for another person's behavior, but we are responsible for our own. We got help from many sources, but for each of us, recovery is a personal triumph. Of our own achievement. No one can make us start and no one can make us stop. We did that ourselves and we did it by concentrating only on our own lives. This we must continue to do. Now we have the best of both worlds, the help and support we need to make progress in our programs and the wonderful feeling of achievement and self-respect that comes from recovery. Today, help me neither blame others for my problems nor credit them for my triumphs. Interesting. I think, I think what what the lesson here is, is that we can only take responsibility for ourselves. We can only control what we can control. And when it, in the beginning here, when it talks about not being able to heal the people we've impacted, I want to... I want to call this out because here's the thing. There's a couple components that happen along this journey. The first is we're on our own journey and we have to heal and do our work and do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And if we get caught up in trying to fix everyone else and take the spotlight off of our own selves, we, we do a couple things. First of all, we increase our stress or I think raise our probability of going back out because carrying other people's shit fills our bucket (laughs) and we're trying to get rid of our own shit out of the bucket, right? 
So I think it adds to the burden. And I, I could understand how you'd be like, but Bobby, I created this. Well, yes and no. Maybe you created the situation through your addiction, but you didn't create someone else's feelings or thoughts. It's a combination of maybe how they react to your actions, but it's based on their own experience and mindset. Because if you had two different, let's let's pretend you had two different wives. I'm going to pick on the guys. But let's say you're a gambling addict and you have two different wives. And one wife takes care of herself. She gets up early every morning. She meditates. She prays. She reads a little. She exercises. She eats well. She, she makes sure she gets eight hours of sleep. She goes to Gammonon or has a different maybe support group or therapist and she's living her best life and she takes care of herself. How she reacts to, to you and your recovery and your addiction may look very different than your second wife who is a victim and acts like a victim. And instead of taking care of herself, she does the same thing we're talking about you not doing. She's maybe codependent and maybe an enabler. Maybe she doesn't have the wherewithal to take over the finances or stand up to you or be honest. Maybe she feels shameful that she's in a relationship with someone with an addiction. She's not looking for, she's not living in a place of gratitude. She's hanging out in the poor me world. And those are two very different people, right? Now, you can't control what they're doing. You just can't. And you can't control their reactions. So don't even try. That's, that's what I'll say. I don't know that the reading said it exactly like that, but I wouldn't even try. Think of it in just basic good old serenity prayer terms. Control what you can. And people is not something we can control. The other reason why this might screw up your recovery is because if you're focused on someone else, you're not focused on yourself. And I see this a lot. I see a lot of addicts that will start on their recovery adventure and they'll get in and they'll be doing well, let's say three months. And they expect everyone around them to, because they, they've been working hard, right? And every day is a struggle, especially early on, right? So here they are, they're doing the work and they're making progress and, and they're, in, you know, enhancing their relationship with their higher power. They're going to meetings, they're investing the time. And then they want everyone else to Give them cookies is the way one of the fellows in group says it. But take notice and think that they deserve accolades and praise and all this stuff because they, they have a little clean time under their belt. So now, so now they're setting up expectations, again, about other people's reactions. And what ends up happening is they get hurt when they don't get the cookies. They get they feel defeated. They feel like, what's the point? Why should I keep up the recovery? When you make it around around other people and their actions, it's really hard to be successful. Because what if 
what if they're not ready after two months, three months, six months, a year? I've, I've seen relationships that, you know, the gambler has gambled for, say, 10 years or five years or whatever the time is, but they, a big chunk of time, and then they're clean just a very, very small percentage of that same amount of time. Well, all that damage wasn't done overnight, and all that healing's not going to be done overnight. So be compassionate and graceful and loving to those people, but you can't own their shit. Your bucket don't have any room for their shit. Just just keep <laughs> keep that in mind. Worry about you and, and focus on your own behavior. I just read the line. We're not responsible for other person's behavior, but are responsible for our own. We got help from many sources, but each of us, Recovery is a personal triumph, our own achievement. So again, you can't be getting cookies unless you give them to yourself, which I advocate for, right? I want you to celebrate your wins. I want you to give yourself credit and express gratitude for every moment that you're not using. Just don't expect other people to do that. You need to celebrate your recovery. Agree with this a million percent. And if you do the right things, I will tell you from, from watching success stories over and over again, if you do the right things and you set the right example, your loved ones have a better shot of following suit. And I don't really want them to do what you're doing, but I do want them to take care of themselves. That's the other, I think, interesting perspective that I get to talk to you guys about because I have had addicts in my my life and when when they're doing well they can be inspiring right to the people around them not because they're trying to be but just because they're overcoming something and they can be a good example that's not what they're there for, though. You know, like it can happen and you just have to hope and trust that everybody's journey is going to work out the way they're supposed to. The people that we're impacting from active addiction, that they'll that they'll find their own way to heal. It's their own it's their own issue, you know, like and, and that sounds horrible, right? Like because we're the addicts. How is it their issue? Well, if they're not taking care of themselves, that's their issue. Maybe taking care of themselves is is leaving and going for a better situation or taking a break. I have a friend that's, you know, in a relationship and I think it started, well, I know it started before she got into recovery and he, when she was gambling, he didn't understand the magnitude of it. And then she gets arrested. They go through all of that together. And fast forward, here it is, two years later. And after jail, after going through the process, after going through group, after staying connected, after getting a sponsor, after all the things she's doing, here she is this week finding herself in a spot with, should we be together or should we not? And I'm calling this out because we change in recovery. And hopefully it's for the best, right? I'm not advocating for dry drunks or abstinent gamblers here. I'm advocating for true growth and and recovery and enlightenment and joy and fulfillment. And that's what I advocate for. And 
the person that goes to recovery, if they're doing the work, they're going to change. And if you're someone out there listening that is on the other side, you're not the addict, maybe you just tune in so you could try to understand how our wonderful addicted brains work, um, there's going to be change. And my position on this today, and it wasn't always this way, but my position on this today is it works out the way it's supposed to work out. Meaning, if my friend and her beau are supposed to break up, it's probably meant to be that they break up. And maybe it's so that they can grow individually. Maybe they can find themselves. I, As you know, I believe that the reason that people gamble is that something is is broken inside or something isn't healed. There's a reason. That's just my belief. And once you get to the bottom of the reason, now, mind you, it's not always a conscious reason or memory or things, you know, like it, it takes a while for it to show itself in some cases, or maybe we don't even know some days, but we're just living our best life and trying. But I believe you have to go backwards to do that healing. And if that's if that's it, maybe, and, and again, I'm kind of making this up. This isn't, in her case, it's not the, the Bo's fault. She gambled. But let's say that something she's she's broken or or suffered trauma from 20 years ago and maybe it's her own stuff maybe it's um I'm trying to think maybe it's verbal abuse and again I'm just kind of making this up this is not exactly their situation but maybe there's things that he does that triggers the verbal abuse on some level, like her body can remember the verbal abuse from when she was a kid. And again, I'm not a therapist, guys. I'm just trying to explain the concept here. But maybe there's something like that. And maybe he on some level reminds her of that trauma, that verbal abuse. And maybe that's what's making her be guarded. And then maybe because she's guarded, he can't get in and she can't be vulnerable and they can't, you know, really connect on the level. Or maybe her values shifted. Like one of my biggest things, oh my gosh, my values have changed so much in the last three and a half years. I, I talk about this often because in treatment, they shifted just in, in the 20 something days. But now, oh my goodness, they're so much different than they were back then. I And don't get me wrong, there's still this core one that I believe in having fun and, and living a good life. But now it's on a whole different level. Um, I, I still believe in having our best life and having fun and all that. But the kind of fun I had before quitting was a little bit more reckless, a little more selfish. Now it's my best life to help people find their best lives. So things change. And regardless, she can't control her feelings. The gentleman who had two wives can't control their feelings. But there's opportunity for everyone and they're all on their own journeys and having the faith that everybody's journey works out the way they're supposed to is very, it can be consoling at times. And again, we're never going to know all the reasons for the way everything works out. 
But if we trust that it's working out the way it's supposed to, and I guess this is, it's interesting because I did do my miracle morning, my miracle challenge work this morning. And James was talking about the GPS of, of life. And just his, his point was, or one of his points was, that we might not think that things are a miracle or that that maybe God is listening or maybe things aren't working out the way you want them to or you think they should. But his point is, is they're working out the way they're supposed to. And he talked about it in the spirit of preparedness. So for example, my journey I feel like all the business acumen and even the truck driving stuff and my whole career, all my relationships, my work history, all that stuff, I feel like that all prepared me for the things that I'm doing now. And I also feel like the things I'm doing now are preparing me to hit my missions of the recovery playgrounds and and the journey that I want to go on. There's a lot of things I don't know. And that's part of why I had to quit my job, right? So I could spend the time learning those things to propel my vision forward. It it has to be more than just talk with you guys. It has to be execution. But maybe I don't have all the tools. I can't go, I mean, I guess I could, but I don't know that it would be a good use of energy to go try to find investors right now and move forward on my dream knowing that I don't know what I don't know. I, I don't know that it would be as effective. So I'm, I've used 2020 to learn quite a bit and I'm still learning and I'm learning some new things. And that's what I think is, is my preparedness for my vision. And I've had to go through, especially had to go through 2020 to get prepared because if I was the same person as I was in 2019, I don't know that I could guarantee my dream coming true where I 100% believe that everything that I imagine will happen because I'm capable of making it happen and I'm going to learn and be open-minded to that along the way. And it's the same journey in our recovery, except for it's not as clear, it's not as, clear as I'm making it sound right now. But we're getting prepared for whatever is next, our next chapter. And I'll be honest, I struggle with I struggle with the substance abuse and the addicts ODing and dying and 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 the young people, you know, drunk driving accidents, those kinds of things. I really struggle with knowing why those things happen. I struggle with those who get clean and then, you know, one of my girlfriends in Rhode Island, she overcomes She's a great ambassador in the recovery community and just in people in life. And here she is struggling with breast cancer. Like, why do those things freaking happen? And as I watch her journey, now it's not for me to decide the whys, but as I watch her journey and I watch her show up every day to tell people, I'm not going to let this cancer defeat me. And as she shows her resilience and her strength and her determination and her mindset and her gratitude. She freaking displays gratitude every single day. As she displays that, I don't think that she's suffering for nothing. I think that the universe picked her because she 
can relay that message. And maybe I hope, I hope she becomes a survivor. That's, that's what I hope and wish for with all my being. And God forbid it doesn't work out the way I want. The amount of people's lives that she's touched and impacted, including mine, like I've only met her once and she's left a mark on my heart. And I think that there's purpose behind everything that she's doing and her illness and everything. And I have to believe that. I have to have gratitude that she's who she is. And this is after, you know, years. She'll tell you the story that, you know, she was suicidal. She should have OD'd. You know, she was she was in bad, bad places. And she's like, well, if all that shit didn't kill me, this ain't killing me. The cancer's not killing me. Like, that's her mindset. And... And we all have that ability to have that mindset. We have to be open to it. Full disclosure, have to be open to it. So the final line today helped me neither blame others for my problems nor credit them for my triumphs. I I can see the personal ownership of our of you know our own bucket, protecting our bucket. We can't say, oh, well, that guy, you know piss me off or hurt me or whatever. So that's filling my bucket. You can't blame it on them. And the same thing with credit. Although I just want to call out this distinction because this kind of hit me a little, a little hard, this last line. I, I express gratitude to people that have impacted me on my journey to triumphs and victories. And I think that's different than giving them the credit for the work. Like I know I did the work, but I also know that the situations and the influence and the the goods or the bads that came along with relationships need, need to be acknowledged and appreciated that all that happened along the way. Like I've learned the most from people who have hurt me the the most. And then I have gratitude for them. But I can't give them complete credit, excuse me, for who I am today because I did the work. I took those lessons. I took those balls of shit and I turned them into good stuff. I turned them into the podcast. I turned it into the dream. I turned it into being lively and fun and and. Actually, in some cases, I know that it's it's going to make me a better person in in relationships in general, in my friendships, in romantic relationships, in business relationships. I I feel like I can give a lot of gratitude for that. Not complete credit, but I think that gratitude has to be in there. But know that you're doing the work and stuff, and that's a win, and you're allowed to take credit for that for yourself. Okay, that was a little bit deep. <laughs> that's that's what I got for you today, guys. Um, appreciate you being here with me. It's time for me to go to one of my book writing groups and kick off my, I think it's hump day, right? Is today Wednesday? It's so weird. It's still so weird that every day essentially kind of looks the same. Like in this world, like I don't have to, by not having to go to an office, or report to other people on what my work week or work days look like is still a 
it's still interesting to have that freedom. And I like it, by the way. <laughs> but it's still, some days it's just like, oh yeah, I don't have to go anywhere. I think I was thinking about this because two days ago, I think I didn't take a shower. And then yesterday morning, I did first thing in the morning. Like, it seems like my shower just gets pushed off and pushed off depending on my morning routine. And then I'll be like, okay, well, I'll take a shower when I'm done with my walk. And a lot of days I do. But on this one particular day, I didn't take a shower. And I also noticed that I didn't have as much motivation. So um, I have to make a conscious effort to take a shower at the beginning of the day to wake me up and get me jazzed and, and like, just that little insight this week. I can't know. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Maybe because I want to jump in the shower before my book club. That might be why. But it definitely changes my mindset, my outlook for the day. Sounds so simple, right? But it's working. So I'm going to continue to try to take my showers in the morning. <laughs> so silly little, maybe no value there. But that's one of the things that's happened for me this week. All right, beautiful people. Have a fantastic whatever day of the week it is for you when you're listening. I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for being here.